What's up, people? Welcome to Jay's World. This episode features student athletes, but we're not really talking about sports. For the same reason, I've withheld dropping episodes the last two weeks. Our country has bigger issues on the table. We're talking about the country's unrest. At some point, the games will go on, but not for Ahmaud Arbery, not for George Floyd, not for Rayshard Brooks. Floyd and Brooks gone the last couple of weeks, Arbery a couple of months ago. These are examples of situations that could have been handled differently. The antagonist would say they should obey the law. They shouldn't commit crimes. You shouldn't resist arrest. I say judge and jury shouldn't come from the courtroom. People shouldn't be sentenced to death for none of the above mentions. Brooks was asleep in his car when police arrived. They had a calm 43 minute conversation. He resisted arrest, took a cop's taser and ran away. Two officers gave chase. As he ran, he turned and shot the taser. An officer shot him dead with three rounds to the back. That officer could have stopped the chase. They do it all the time on police chases. They stop when people are in danger. This was a crowded Wendy's parking lot. They had his license. They had his car. He was drunk. Where was he going? This incident could have de-escalated, but it didn't. And here we are. I have awesome student athletes with me, but above and beyond that, they're humans. And it's a diverse group. I thought about not doing this episode at all. Thought about doing a series with three different episodes, an all white panel, an all black panel, and a mixture. But this is where I landed on the mixture. A black football player from LSU, a white volleyball player from FAMU, and a mixed basketball player from Oklahoma. Jay's world is trying to keep the discussion going to see if we can get to some action. You're listening to Jay's World Podcast. You can email the show and suggest topics for an upcoming episode. Email Jay at j.gilmore at memphis.edu. Jay's World rolls on with our three special guests. Our male of the group, Jacoby Stevens of the national champion LSU Tigers. Jacoby, how you doing, my guy? Doing all right. How about you? I'm well, man. Thank you for joining us. And now to Ashlyn Dunbar, formerly of San Diego State. She's now an Oklahoma Sooner. Ashlyn, how are you, ma'am? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well as well. Thank you for asking. And finally, Jessa Long, a volleyball player from FAMU. She's spending time in Chicago right now. Jessa, how are things at home? Things are great. It's nice to be home, but don't really like the, you know, why I'm home, you know. I'd rather be playing volleyball. A couple of weeks ago, Ashlyn, I saw a tweet that really um, resonated with me. Talk about your tweet from two weeks ago in terms of a couple of pictures, one on the athletic playing field and one somewhere else. Tell us about that tweet and the thought process to post it. Um, yeah, so I posted a picture of me at a protest and a picture of me on the volleyball court basically saying, if you don't support me at the protest, then don't support me on the court. Um, and the reason that I like tweeted it and I was thinking about it is just so many times that I've seen, especially with like my guy friends who play football or basketball um, or any really big sports at Power 5 schools, it's just like everyone's praising them. They're like, wow, they're these great athletes. They win as championships. They win as games. They win as this, this, and that. And then they'll turn around and be like, but I wouldn't want them today, my daughter. I wouldn't want them to be part of my family. I wouldn't want them to do this, this, and that. And it's just kind of like, we're human beings. And just because I have a different color skin doesn't mean I'm any less of a human or any less of, of a person than you are. 
And so I was just kind of like, if you can't support us outside of sports, then you have no business supporting us inside of sports. Because at the end of the day, we're humans. And if we don't exist outside of sports, then we don't get to play these sports. We're not here for you. We're here for us. And we stand for more than just sports. We're not just athletes. So I think it's important to see us as more than that. And so that's why I went about tweeting about it. Jacoba, you guys um, have won the national championship. So let me congratulate you. Since the last time we spoke, you are a national champion. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you deal with the uh, fans and boosters and whatnot and things like that. What's the um, state of Louisiana talking about in terms of this country's unrest that we have? Well, you know, being in college is kind of, I guess you're not out in the world, so to speak, like, uh, you know, just throwing in it. But this in the, you know, in our community, everything's kind of fine. Everything's really fine. You know, uh, just like a couple of weeks ago, I went to go talk to Coach O like, with the leadership council. And, we decided to get kind of lead by example and get everybody registered to vote. Uh, you know, I, I kind of voiced my opinion on that, just saying, you know, um, you know, my mom and her history, her, her history, her family history, you know, we, we come from a long line of civil rights activists and all that. We, I've seen pictures of my great grandmother marching. Um, I have, you know, aunts and uncles and um, this cousins that were in a, a group in um, Louisiana that fought against um, civil rights and the thing for me is is that it was time to make a change um, you know we can do the protesting we can do the marches and trust me I 100% I agree with all of that I'm not knocking that I, I feel like that is needed but at some point we're going to have to start making taking another step uh, we're going to start making change and the first thing to do right now is to register to vote I mean, you can go, I mean, you'd be surprised of all the guys, especially on the LSU's team, that that see the problem, see something that's wrong, but you ask them if they're registered to vote or have they looked at, you know, who's the, who's the, uh, you know, who is in the run for the president or who know, who know who's racing to become the next president, they can't answer that question. So for me, it was frustrating because if you really want to change, these are the steps you have to take. So, so for us, it's about, Taking the taking another step uh, in making uh, making a real change. Ash, when we talk about action, what does action look like for you? Um, I think there's a number of different actions you can take. Um, for me personally, I know that I've just been speaking out and using my voice the best that I can, um, and trying to educate people because I know a lot of the times people just they genuinely don't understand and when they ask me I'm like more than happy to explain things to them and let them know but then there's people who just don't want to understand or they don't want to change the way that they are in their mindset and they're kind of stuck in their own ways and so I think that's frustrating but I think the biggest thing is just educating yourself and knowing like the history behind the things and why it's important that we change and why we're fighting so hard for things that we deserve that we should have already had um, so I would just say, like, educating yourself as much as you can in any different way. Jessa, are you communicating with your teammates? And if so, what are those discussions like? So we do um, we do Zoom meetings. Um, just kind of get, like, a feel for where everyone's at. Because um, on my team, we have people from out of the country, like Bulgaria. So they can't obviously go home. So they're kind of like stuck in Tallahassee. And then on the other side of that, we have people that are in Florida, Texas, all over. So we're kind of getting like different um, like views of where everybody's at. Cause you know, everywhere is different right now at like 
protests, peaceful protests, riots, all that stuff, everything's different. Um, we do talk through group chats a lot, just, you know, make sure everyone's mentally okay. That's definitely a big thing right now because people are struggling on our team with this. Um, and then on the other side of that, um, Coach does have um, talked with us with compliance and stuff like that. But that's about it. It's funny, you know, I, I know how to do my job. I know how to interview people. I'm a, I'm a TV guy who teaches sports broadcasting. So I've never done this until last night. I, t I posted on Facebook, if you're going to talk to some college athletes, what type of questions would you want to ask about the country's unrest? And I got some really good responses. And one of those responses, Ash, basically said, ask them how they are doing mentally. So I'm asking you, with this going on, on top of COVID-19, on top of trying to get fit for an upcoming season, how's your mental health? The whole reason I left San Diego State was my mental health. Um, it wasn't in a good spot. And then I ended up coming to Oklahoma where I had just like a great support system. My staff is just phenomenal for both volleyball and basketball. Um, and I couldn't ask for better coaches. And then um, towards the end of our basketball season, toward my ACL, COVID hit, couldn't have surgery for two months. So I've just been going back and forth with everything. Finally got my surgery. George Floyd gets killed and I'm like learning to walk while still trying to go to protests and walk a mile and be with everyone. And so it's been a lot. It has been a lot, definitely. But I think that now I'm in a spot where I'm happy. I'm doing a lot better. And it's just like, I just want to educate people. I just want to help anyone in any way that I can. So. Jacoby, uh, you didn't use this term, but I'm going to use it for you. You kind of insinuated that athletes are in a bubble. College students are in a bubble. So when you're in that bubble, I would still imagine it's hard not to see what the hell is going on. Last night, I was watching the Wendy's burn down in Atlanta. Um, I think I, I first saw it on social media, and then I went to TV to see what was going on. When you're in your bubble, is it hard not to know what's going on? Like, I remember some years ago, Nick Saban said, I don't even know who's running for president. You, you actually just talked about that. Right. <laughs> I even said that about four years ago. When you're in your bubble, is it hard not to know what's going on in the outside world? Um, I just mean as as uh, like real life and like real life situations and just like I said, this life like touching you. Um, but like current events, like the thing going on with, uh, with uh, in Atlanta and. George Floyd and all that. I mean, social media kind of keeps you, social media kind of keeps you updated. And um, I mean, I'm pretty sure every college athlete has a, has a social media account of some sort. So uh, certain current events like that, we keep up. But I'm talking about like, we don't really have to deal with, um, we don't have to deal with what the normal everyday person have, has to deal with because we are in college. Uh, we're still considered, and some people's out here start consider consider kids. Do we still have to deal with some uh, some things? Yes. Do I still have to deal with being a young black man in America? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I still have my problems in college, but uh, it's not as bad as uh, how my dad has to go. You know, when he has to go to work every day, because you know, being in college it is like a bubble. We are kind of protected in some sort, especially as college athletes. But um, we still have to deal with uh, certain things. Back to you, Miss Fam. You, when we talk about mental health, 
in relationship to your teammates. Have those text messages expressed any anger? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, I just think, I mean, everyone's angry. Every, every race is angry right now. I, I, I don't think it's right. I don't think anybody thinks it's right. I mean, if you think it's right, you should not be here. Like, you should not be here. But I, I, feel, I feel for them because someone actually put in the group chat last night, um, I know everyone's going through it right now. Um, I know we're not together, which is hard because, I mean, teammates are your family, you know, and we're together 24-7, wake up at 5 a.m. every day for practice, you know, do doubles all day in the summer. So it's kind of weird for us not to be together, but someone put in the group chat, I know it's really hard us not being together, you know, but I want you guys to know specifically that that person is there for everybody. So she was like, I'm there for you. If you need to talk about anything, I am there for you. Like, we're going to all get through this together, and we're going to come out, like, better on the other side of it, and we're going to win a championship. Like, even though it's on a small scale, like the championship, I'm not even thinking about it right now. Like, there's too much going on in this world to think about that. But the fact, you know, she said that, like, we're going to come out better and we're going to win this championship this year. You know, there is going to be light at the end of this tunnel. You three know I teach at the University of uh, Memphis, and our head coach left in, he left in December, right before a very big Cotton Bowl game to go teach at, to go coach at FSU, um, Mike Norvell and Florida State University. And I saw a couple of his guys on Twitter last week. I think he did an interview where he basically said, I have talked to every single guy. Um, and one of the star defensive players spoke out, Jacoby. Uh, <laughs> are you familiar with that? And what did you think when, when you saw that? Uh, when I first saw it, uh, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, you know, welcome to the nature of the business for, for the defense alignment. Um, this is something you got to deal with. Uh, sometimes, sometimes, you know, sometimes reaching out, you know, for some coaches is them uh, having a personal conversation. But to protest and I guess protest the program and, and sit out, I feel like in, in that case it's hurting them more than it hurt the team. I mean, hurting uh of the actual coach but was it but do i think the coach was in the wrong uh for stretching the truth yes um i don't think that he uh especially in this situation and what's going on right now i don't think that this is something to stretch stretch the truth about but to have the entire team not go to workouts and uh have nothing to do with uh, florida state football i felt like that move was uh, made with a lot of emotion, and I feel like uh, that hurt the team more than it really hurt uh, hurt the coaches. So my my thing is, I I feel like that I, I do feel like that he did a good job of trying to, I guess, saying um, keeping the coaches honest. But I feel like he could have did it in a more clever way uh, than just abruptly not going to work out. Ash, I'm going to come to you now, and I'm going to reference something that we heard from Jessa, and it's basically the NBA is talking about getting back together. I think they're looking at Disney World, Disneyland, Walt Disney, I don't know, Florida, whatever. Kyrie is saying no, LeBron is saying yes. This player is saying no, this player is saying yes. Where are you in terms of how significant or insignificant sports really is today? Um, 
I'm kind of like conflicted because it's it's so hard. Like I know personally, like right now, all we're doing is Zoom meetings. And so I think the coronavirus being around right now makes it even harder to want to focus on sports because it's like, if I was able to deal with this situation and then come into the locker room and be with all my girls and my teammates and like physically be with them and talking to them every single day, I think sports would be a lot easier to to handle and to deal with during this time. But like at this moment, you know, we're all isolated. Um, I only see them on Zoom meetings twice a week and I talk to them every now and then, but it's not like the way it would be if we were all together. And so for me, it's like the only thing I can focus on is what's going on in the outside world. It's so hard for me to focus on basketball and everything else, whenever like this is so important to me. And it's just kind of like, I understand where some people are like, if I go back to sports and I focus on this, am I going to take away from from what's going on in America right now. And there's some people who are like, we can still have a significant impact um, on the conversation that we're having right now and still resume sports. Uh, and I would agree with that. I think it's gonna be a huge test to just who, who we are as people and players, because um, if it's that important to you, you'll figure out a way to keep the conversation going while playing sports. Um, and so I think it just, it's gonna come down to who, who we are individually and how much this really matters to us. I know you're a young lady, Jessa, and I don't want to put this responsibility on you, but I'm going to. What is wrong with our country today? If I'm asking you, you have the microphone. In your opinion, what is wrong with our country today? Okay. Wow, that's, that's a big question. I, um, okay, I'm going to put it in my point of view. I was raised in a family where everybody's equal. Like, period. Everybody's equal. Um, color of skin does not matter whatsoever. And I am very grateful that I was raised like that. But I don't think everybody's raised like that. So I think our, what's wrong with the world right now is, like, we have people that are stuck in their old ways. And it should not be like that. Like, I keep on saying, it should not be like that. I don't even, like, I don't even begin to know how to start fixing it. But I know this is the first step, you know. Finally, you no know, people are actually getting tired of it, and it's not just one race; it's all races. Everybody's tired of it. Um, so I think we, um, our younger generation, has a huge, you know, weight to carry when it comes to this situation. We we are the ones that can change the world, and we should change the world. Um, yeah, I don't even know. That's that's a big question. <laughs> Jacoby, in the last four years, I cannot believe you've been in school for four freaking years. Um, in the last four years, we're talking about Louisiana. We're not talking about Tennessee. Have you had any conversations with your parents about interactions with cops? Shoot. I, mean, I had those conversations back in Tennessee. Uh, right, 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 right. But as a, yeah. as a college athlete, have they, have they come up or is it just, it's so old we don't even have to talk about it no more. No, nah, I don't think it's. I don't think it ever gets old. I know, uh, especially with my mom. Like, like I said, you, you, and my mom, basically best friends at church, and you know how my mom is. She keeps beating me over the head with it because it is important. It is like especially for. I'm gonna keep repeating this: a black, a black male. You know, it's 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 life, life and death. I mean, just yesterday or two days ago, somebody just uh, was killed. My police officer, and um, you know, 
we talk we talk about it all the time uh down here back home we, we talk about it all the time just because like i said it it is life and death um it's it's a certain you know there's a certain i guess at some point you know there's a certain risk of just kind of just leaving your house uh uh you know for me because it, you know i just it feel like i feel like in danger sometimes i'm going down the road and a police a police officer gets behind me and that's not how i should feel but that's how i do feel um you know i i don't feel safe when there's more than one police officer at a gas station talking um i mean and that's just my experience no telling uh, uh, uh people you know other people's experiences um with police officers but you know especially my mom and uh she always beats me over the head with that conversation because it is a matter of life and death when it comes to police officers versus uh black men in america ash can you take us back to growing up in your household and what that was like for you um yeah growing up i lived in a very predominantly white area so um it's a small small town so everyone pretty much knows everyone and i think that was like my saving grace or my brother's for sure because he got into a lot of trouble growing up you know just being a kid and like if it wasn't for my dad and his connections i know like it would have been a completely different situation and so i think growing up it was just it was never really like i would ever be like scared of like law enforcement or anything just because i never really had any interactions with them um but my brother's been pulled over stopped multiple times and they're like oh i know your dad and that's good for us but i know my dad when he was younger didn't have he didn't have that protection um, and he's told us stories about how he's been in situations like that. He was on a TV show or a t he was on a talk show because of what happened to him before. And so, I don't know, growing up for me, was, it was just different. And I think it also kind of, in a way, kept me from seeing everything that really happens outside of our small little town because um, it, it never really happened there. I just felt like I had a lot of white friends growing up. I was around a lot of white people. And the only thing that I ever really felt was kind of uncomfortable simply because I didn't fit in or I didn't look like them. And so that was basically how it was. And my mom, um, she's Mexican. So that was a whole nother different situation. And my parents talked to me all the time about what they had to go through with their marriage and people not wanting them to be together. So I've never really um, been in a situation where I was just like I don't understand not loving someone or not wanting to give someone something they deserve because of the color of their skin my parents are very very strong set my mom's a very strong woman and she, she doesn't care what anyone else tells her she's gonna tell it how it is and how she feels and so she's always giving me this freedom to learn about any and everything she's always openly talked to me and she's just kind of like you you are your own person you can make decisions for yourself she'll educate me on whatever I want and she'll give me the option to make my own opinions on them and that's like kind of how I've grown up so like now seeing people who are like well my parents think like this so like this is how I think and not having that freedom to make their own decision or even being afraid to change how they think because that's not how they grew up I think 
is something that's been really frustrating because I've always had the freedom to make my own decisions on everything, have my own opinions. And sometimes my parents have different views, but they 110% respect how I feel about things. I'm going to stay right here with you for a minute, Ash. And in doing so, I want to shout out Ann Marcelli, the SID for women's basketball at Oklahoma. She connected us to, and she's been great throughout this process. A couple of universities that I really thought would help me out did not want to make student athletes available. So major shout out to Ann. As far as you go, and you've had a couple of different experiences, how has the support been from Oklahoma? Um, I think like they've just been so supportive, even in the sense that I even felt comfortable tweeting that. Because in the situation that I was in at San Diego State, I didn't feel comfortable saying anything. Like I didn't want to step on toes. I just, I was trying to keep my mouth shut, do whatever I needed to do to keep my scholarship so I could graduate with my education and whatever I needed to do to get out. And so being here, I just felt so empowered to be who I want and say what I want. And so my coaching staff, both volleyball and basketball, um, I graduated from volleyball, still checked in on me, calling me, making sure I'm okay. Basketball is calling me, making sure we're okay. Having two hour Zoom meetings to talk about it and let everyone just let loose on how they're feeling and what's going on. And even the second protest that I went to in Norman, every single, I think every single coaching staff from every single sport at our school was there, our athletic directors. Um, and it's just like so awesome to feel that support because I know a lot of people don't have it. I know what it feels like to not feel comfortable to be able to step up and say what you need and what you feel. And so I think just for them to understand us and be here for us and support us is super important. So for me, um, it's definitely a support system, which I appreciate. Um, my um, assistant coach actually, he sends us um, like quotes that will get us get us through the day, you know? Like every week he'll talk about lifting, like make sure you guys are, you know, staying fit, active and stuff like that. But he'll also um, throw in there about, make sure you guys are taking care of your mental, um, your mental side of things. And for me, when like I read that, it's like, okay, I know they're there, you know? My head coach is more, um, He's, on, he's vocal on Zoom meetings. So that also helps out, you got, you got two sides. Um, we got one group chat here with the assistant coach, you know, sending us quotes all the time, making sure we're okay. And then the other side, you got the Zoom meetings with um, our AD compliance and our coach um, talking about, you know, hang in there, you, you guys got this. Make sure you're being vocal, um, speak out about what you want, speak out about what you know. And what about the Bayou? You know, what are they saying down there in terms of your leadership council meetings? Are they giving you directives in terms of we want you to say this, we don't want you to say that? How are they advising you guys? No, they've been very compliant with us. Uh, like I said, uh, we set up a thing to get all the guys registered to vote. Um, we're having a lot of Zoom meetings with just um, with this school officials, uh, city officials, just to kind of speak our mind and different ideas that we have. I know uh, that we're going so far as we're getting a library renamed from uh, Middleton, someone who didn't want black athletes on the uh, athletic team. He didn't want black people on those teams. So now we're getting that uh, renamed. I mean, so we're doing a lot of things and uh, school officials are being very compliant. They're hearing us out and, and we're doing little things step by step. Um, and, I, 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 and I really appreciate that. Uh, Coach O himself, he's been, uh, 
you know, I, I can't speak enough good words uh, of him. I mean, he's been texting us and calling us and, and making sure that, you know, we do have a voice and he wants us to uh, use uh, our platform, but at the same time, he wants us to be safe. Um, uh, you know, he's not going to tell us we cannot do anything, but he wants us to protect not only ourselves but protect the team. So um, I think they've been they've been really they've been a, a really good support staff, and I and I feel like um, you know I can't say I can't say enough good things about how uh, LSU uh, on the athletic side, but also um, the uh, academic side and just the organization as a whole. Uh, they've been really good to us during this time. Ash, have you all become closer throughout this process? With the basketball team specifically, um, I just I think we've all always been close. We're a very close knit team, and we're very open. And so it's interesting. I had like a Zoom meeting with a a group of um, college athletes, and they had this whole entire Zoom meeting for us to join and talk about it. And a lot of people were like, "Well, like our white teammates, like." haven't said and for me my white teammates are the ones who's texted first in the group and we're like hey like we need to have a zoom meeting we need to talk about this like we're here for y'all like what do we need to do and it's just like we're so close and we're I feel like we're all on the same page with it and if anything I think my white teammates might be the ones speaking up a lot more than we have because it's like we're ready to talk and they're just like oh no like we're taking this like this is what needs to be done we're here for you and it's like making the point to like let us know how important we are to them. And I think like we've just been so close throughout this whole situation and to be in that environment where it's so easy to just have these conversations. And I think that's important because a lot of people talk about how this is an awkward conversation to have, but it's not when you're with people that you love and people who are willing to listen. I like that so much. Jessa, um, you're at an HBCU. As a white woman, have you felt the need to speak up? Or how, how do you navigate those thoughts? So most definitely, like, I'm rooting for my HBCU all the way. Like, that's my school. That's my home. Like, I transferred from Marshall um, University. West Virginia? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so I transferred, and I went to an HBCU. I mean, it was a big decision that I had to make, um, not because of, you know, what's an HBCU, but because of I was like, will I fit in, you know, like, am I stepping the boundaries by going to an HBCU? Like, and I asked my teammates, like the ones who took me on um, a tour and stuff. And I was like, is it okay for like me to go here? Like, do you, are you uncomfortable with that? You know, do you want to like keep the culture, your, your culture, or is it okay if a white person, you know, steps into that? And they were like, no, what? Like, you're cool. <laughs> like we got you. And I, when I compare the two schools, Marshall and, fan you fan you all day like all day fan you it's just it's an amazing culture that I always enjoyed being in so for me to be in there um like I said I'm rooting I'm rooting for my people um yeah I think speaking up for me is definitely a huge thing that I feel like I need to take on to on myself as a white person because you know everybody's talking about white privilege right white privilege right now yeah, it's it's there. So let me use my white privilege in a good, great way. Um, and on top of that, I it's been tough for me to do social media thing because I think I need to get out there. So um, I've been pro at the protest in Chicago. Um, it was very eye opening. It was like one of the best experiences I've ever had. Um, 
so for me, social media, I'm definitely posting on there about my beliefs. But like I said, all day, it's I'm I'm in there. Like I'm 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 rooting for everybody here. Jacoby, uh, as a leader on the team and a black man, how have your white teammates responded to the situation we're in? Um, I think I think they're handling the situation pretty pretty good. I mean, uh, our dialogue isn't the same as you know women's basketball and uh, and volleyball, but uh, you know I, I feel like the guys on the team, you know the white guys on the team, I think you know, you know they've, they've done a good job and then they understand. I think one thing people have to understand that sports that sports do a different they they touch people differently. Um, you know, you can be brung up in these, you know, in a, in a situation to where uh, you're not around a lot of black people and vice versa, but you come play at an LSU, Oklahoma, or FAMU, you come across people of the different race or different cultures and you grow to love them. Um, and I, and I, that's one thing I say about uh, some of these guys on LSU, they, they really feel like that, you know, we're brothers, so they're sticking up for us. They're um, speaking out. They they um, know the uh, the injustices that are going wrong in society, and um, they're just kind of taking us and you know trying to you know trying to be there for us the, the best way that they can. Um, and, and and that's why I try to tell a lot of people, a lot of people, um, you know, give the give the guys or give the ones that that want to listen that want to hear us out and that actually want to have the conversation, give them the benefit of the doubt, actually talk to them and stop trying to crucify them. Uh, I mean, we have the situation with Drew Brees where he came out and then he apologized and he wants to listen. Now he wants to listen and learn about the things that we actually go through. And we have people that say, Oh no, you don't really mean that and still trying to crucify them. No, don't do that. Listen, uh, we, now we have someone that wants to learn that wants to, uh, that wants to fight the good fight, the fight that we've been fighting for a long time, and uh, don't try to push him away. Because I mean, at some point, like uh, you know, we're going to need him to advocate for us. And um, so we have we have that a lot around over here. I mean, we got uh, Miles Brennan speaking up, Austin Deckwood speaking up about certain things um, that they want to do. So I think um, our, our very diverse group. Uh, it's, you know, I think we're in a good situation just with everybody kind of pushing towards the same direction and trying to make this change. You young people are really trying to speak for the country, and I think you're doing an amazing job. Um, but there are some things that could be getting lost in the discussion. What do you think is getting missed, if anything, in the discussion? Um, yeah, but like, so, like just what I've noticed is, is like the other smaller issues within the whole entire bigger issue being talked about, like the colorism in the black community, and then this, this is being raised, this, this, and this, and this, and all these smaller, and all these smaller issues that are also coming up, and it's just like, it's, it's trying, like, how do you bring everyone together when you find different things to divide us? And so, um, I think like, it's one, one thing at a time, like one step at a time, like once we solve the greater issue with all the black community and all the things going on. Once we get to those things, then we can dig deeper. Then we can solve these things and we can start solving more and more. Um, but I think the biggest thing is to stay focused on one thing at a time and focus on making that big change so that we can make it happen. 
and then take care of everything else that follows. Ms. Jessica, can I ask you a question? Yes. Has this uh, changed your perspective on the world as a young college athlete? Most definitely. I know that before I went um, to an HBCU, you know, I have my own perspective um, down in Chicago. You know, my friend group, stuff like that. I went to an HBCU and um, it's, it's not, it was a very like great eye-opening experience for me. You know, I get to be in the culture, like one of the best cultures ever. Um, and I like, solid, I believe that with me, I'm glad I got to experience it, experience this at an HBCU. Um, all my social media, I mean, I have so many friends at FAMU, probably more than I have at home. So all my social media is about this subject. So I don't have to go. I mean, I can go do research if I want to, but it's all right there. All, all my feed is literally about the situation and I wouldn't want it any other way. Um, I know I see some of my um, white friends back home scrolling through their social media and it's nothing whatsoever about the situation. And I'm like, what? Like, you gotta go do research. You don't know what's going on in this world. So yeah, definitely. Um, an eye-opening experience for me. I'm going to say something that might get me in trouble, but this is Jay's world and I'm a grown man, so I can handle it. There are some social media feeds that are pissing me off right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've gotten a lot of messages from white people, a lot. They've been text and they've been DMs. And the white people are, and I had this one, I had this one talk. She was awesome. This white lady at another university was basically like, Jay, we want to support you, but we don't know how. What, how do we do it? What do we do? And I felt like she was very sincere. And her feed is the shit. She is posting her, I love her feed, but there's some other people who are posting the weekend vacation they just got back from and the doggy pictures and my daughter's job. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like I can't, I can't really equate to some of that because in my DMS, you're telling me how heartbroken you are and how you're supportive and you're an ally and you want to stand with us. But your feed is talking about your garden in your backyard which tells me that's what's important to you right now. I have postponed my episodes of Jay's World. I was supposed to release two episodes. I, I release episodes every Friday. And two weeks ago, I just said, I'm not, I'm done with that podcast this summer because one, I don't care about these episode titles right now. And two, all I care about is what I'm watching and what I'm seeing. And I, if I'm not talking about that, I don't have sh nothing to talk about. So then I posted, you know, should I be doing an episode on this? And all of the feedback was yes. This old white lady said, not talking about it is why we're in this situation now. So you better use your platform to record something. I don't know this lady. She knows me from TV. I don't even know this lady. But when I read that comment, it resonated with me. And it said, well, I got to try to get some people together. And my thought process at the time was student athletes. Ash has kind of answered this. So I'm going to ask you, Jessa, 
is it hard for you to work out? Are you working out during the day? Is it hard for you to mentally prepare for a season? I don't want to get out of my bedroom, you know. I'm a teacher, so I don't go back to school until August. So it's hard as hell for me to just get up. I don't have to keep my body in shape anymore. Is it hard for you to get up at all, Jessa, and, and, and get workouts in? Um, it, it depends on the day, definitely. I, I've always worked out on my own since like high school, so I would say it's a little easier for me, but what really has helped me is my mom. My mom works out every day. She like runs for hours and then she'll do like a whole ab circuit and then she'll actually work out. So she's always like, hey, you gonna work out with me today? I'm like, oh yeah, I will. I'll work out with you today, I guess. But so definitely, um, yeah, I would love to lay in my bed all day. But um, it's also a stress reliever for me to, to work out, you know, to run, just take that time to myself to think about what's really going on and stuff like that. So Jacoby, I haven't seen your IG in a minute, but these two ladies IG, they, they booed up. So I want to ask all three of you, starting with you, Ash, it's time to be married in X amount of years and you have little Ash running around. <laughs> what do you want for our country for your children? Um... I just want my kids to feel safe. Like I, I just don't want to have to like bring a kid into this world knowing that it could take it out just as easily. Um, I, I know like I'm going to worry regardless being a mother, you know, they always worry about their kids, but the level of worry that I know I'm going to have, I just, I would like it to be a little less significant because I just like, I would just hate to have the conversation with my kid and have to explain to them why simply the color of their skin is a threat to their, to other people's lives, which is then a threat to their life. And um, I just want, I like, I don't want to have to have these same recurring conversations. And I definitely don't want my kids to grow up and be in the same exact position as I'm in right now, protesting and trying to fight for the same exact rights that um, I'm fighting for them. So I just don't want to feel like I've failed them if we're still here in the next like 20 years. Jacoby, you got a, a big head, knuckle head running around. <laughs> what do you want this country to, to show that young man? Oh, uh, I definitely want, I definitely, you know, you know, son or daughter, I want my kids to have better than what I had. Um, you know, that's the same what my parents wanted for me. Uh, so I, I want to, you know, keep that going, but uh, you know, I'm be realistic with them though. Uh, you know, what wh wherever we are, we make progression. You know, I just have to adjust uh, my parents and my views on what's going on in the world. Uh, if we haven't, I'm gonna have to have the same conversations. Uh, my big mama had with my dad, and my dad had with me, and so on and so forth. So, you know, you just gotta you. It, right, with parents, you just have to adjust what what's going on. You know, do I pray that we don't have to deal with this? Of course. You know, I don't want to have to have that conversation with my my kids, uh, especially my son. But do I think I'm going to have to? More than likely. What about you, Miss Long? Um, he's actually here with me right now. Um, he just graduated fam too. So for me. I know this is dipping into a little 
side um, of what most people, white people don't get to experience, you know? Um, I keep on telling my mom, because I have my conversation with my mom all the time about, you know, my mom's scared for me going to these protests and stuff, especially in Chicago. It's not good in Chicago right now. The ATMs are literally picked up and like put in the back of a truck of somebody. You know, we don't, there's no ATMs anywhere. And all the stores are looted. So my mom's scared for me when I go to these protests and I'm like, mom, I'm fighting for my kids. Um, one day my kids, they are going to be running around and I refuse, I refuse to bring any kids in this world right now. Um, and if it's like this, it's, it'll be tough for me to bring kids in this world because I know, you know, I know what's happening. I'm very, I'm very um, aware right now of what's happening. So for me, it's, it's hard seeing all of this um, going on, knowing that one day I'm going to have to, hopefully not, but one day I will have to deal with this. And I, I, that's why I'm so vocal about everything, how I think um, about these protests and stuff like that. I'm so vocal because I know one day I will be in that position. I'm not in that position right now fully. I don't have to, I didn't grow up. I didn't have to go through any of that, but one day I will be put in that position. I just, I just hope it changes by then. I, I'm trying to be the change. I'm going to let you guys go shortly, but her response is making me think about one of the best posts I've seen in the last two or three weeks. And I don't want you all to comment on this because I don't want to get you in trouble. Um, and I need to word this carefully so I don't get in trouble. Uh, but I, it is what it is. I'm not against riots. I'm going to say that again. I am not against riots. And here's my thought process. And I wrote an article about this in a couple of newspapers a couple of weeks ago. You cannot tell someone who has not experienced this type of pain how to process it. I can't tell you two ladies about, I can't talk to you about childbirth. Never can I talk to you two ladies about childbirth. So I have white friends and they want to know, Jay, you can't really think this is okay. I'm like, shit, it ain't no rules. It ain't no rules. The post that I'm referring to got this beautiful white woman. Let's say she's in her 40s. And she has this black dude, like a son, like a, seven, a teenage son. It's long as hell. And I read every word. And she basically says, if something happened to my son, you can't tell me that I ain't going to burn this shit down. Like, this is my son. So I come home one day and he ain't here? There are no rules in terms of me trying to find justice for my son. So I have 15-year-old Jalen in the next room. I have 13-year-old Josh. It's the, same, it's the same thing. And if you want to be real about it, I live a plush life. You know what I'm saying? Like, but that, uh, that doesn't stop my six encounters with the, with law enforcement. So uh, by the grace of God, I'm still alive, but who knows about Josh and Jalen's future? You know, maybe they're not on TV. So maybe they don't have like Ashlyn's dad's dad. You know, he, they don't, it's a different type of story might not have the connections that I have to get out of certain situations. 
So if someone's going to take away my son from me, you can't tell me not to burn shit down. Period. Period. So I got a lot of people negative responding to the riots. My thought process is you can't even tell me how to protest. Like you can't, they use the word peaceful. Is that a protest? Anyways, I digress. Um, Map, respect to you three. Um, Ashlyn Dunbar from Oklahoma University in Norman, Oklahoma. Jacoby Stevens of the national champion LSU Tigers. How does that sound, Jacoby? It sounds good. You're going for a repeat this year, man. I hope you get a football season, man. I hope you get a football season. Oh, uh, no, we have it. We're going to have a season. But we, we, we shoot for uh, Miami this year. But what I'm saying, you know, and I'm about, I'm, I'm trying to end this, but weeks ago, before all of this unrest, I went to Home Depot and everybody had on COVID-19 masks. Right. I went to Home Depot today, nobody had on COVID-19 mask. So I don't know, I'm a, I want sports. I want to teach in the classroom. I can't teach sports broadcasting in a Zoom meeting. Right. Can't do it. But I don't know, man. I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. We need a vaccine. We need a vaccine ASAP. I appreciate you guys so much for stopping by Jay's World. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Jay's World Podcast. You can email the show and suggest topics for an upcoming episode. Email jay at j.gilmore at memphis.edu.